Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We welcome you all to another session, bi'ithnillah. Today we will go over the 10th juz. Subhanallah, we've already almost covered one third of the Quran, and that shows us just how fast Ramadan is going. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who benefit the most from this month and who are rewarded with the highest reward. We find that the last part of the ninth juz, Allah Jalla wa'ala begins with Surah Al-Anfal. We find in Surah Al-Anfal, he mentions the Battle of Badr. After that, he carries on speaking about the Battle of Badr in the tenth juz. And then he speaks about a few more battles. Bi'ithnillah, we will touch on those today. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'm well. I was saying we, we've almost covered one third of the Quran and that just shows us how fast the month of Ramadan is going and uh, we should try and make the most of it. If we haven't made the most of the first 10 days, I think we should try our best, you know, to increase or to start getting serious. Yes, absolutely, mashallah. No, 100%. We, we need to because uh, Ramadan's moving too fast, you know. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, we mentioned that in Surah Al-Anfal, in the ninth Jews, Allah Jalla wa'ala began by speaking about the Battle of Badr. He then carries on speaking about this battle in a lot more detail in the tenth Jews. For me, what stands out is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ تَوَاعَدْتُمْ لَخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِي الْمِعَادِ This Battle of Badr, as we know, the Muslims, before that, their wealth was taken, they were driven out of Mecca, so they wanted to go and get some wealth that was on the way for the businessmen of Makkah. That was supposed to be theirs because theirs had been taken by them unjustly. So when they went out, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them that, you know, you could have gone this way and gotten the wealth, or if you went the other way, you would have met this army. He then says, If both of you, both armies had to agree on a meeting point and a place, both of you, you wouldn't have made it. So if you all agreed that on a certain day we'll meet at Badr on this day, he says that you wouldn't have made this meeting. Either because the Muslims would have felt that they were underprepared, those who, uh, the kuffar of Quraysh would have felt that ru'b, that fear. As we know, Rasulullah wasallam. one of the things he was given was when he was going to a place, when he was going to an, another army, they would be overtaken with fear a while before he reached. So for me, what stands out is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this timing, and he says that he is the one who decided. If it was left to you, two parties, you would have still missed out on this timing. And there's a life lesson to take from this, that sometimes if you plan and you know you've tried your best to avoid a situation, but then you find yourself in that situation, there's no use looking back. Now it's time to stand up to the plate and, as they say, be counted. You know, do what you've got to do now. There's no point in looking back and, uh, you know, it could have been or if we did this. No, you've already reached. It's time, you know, you take uh, the bull by the horn, so to say. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides what happens. Even if you've planned immaculately and properly, Things don't come out according to your plan. So you should make the most of the situation you are in. Yes, because by, by that point, I think people are already too far into it to now start backing out and, you know, questioning themselves. So 100% you've got to take the bull by the horns and go ahead with what you've decided. And uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will most definitely help. Uh, you know, 
I, I find that where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, When Allah showed you in your dream, they were few. He made them few. Right? And if he had shown you these, the enemy as a lot, then you would have failed in that. And you would have had dispute in the matter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam them as the, the, the enemy as being few in order to give him courage. And had they seen them as a lot, then they would have failed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally uses these words, failed. And you would have disputed in the manner. This shows us that mindset has a lot to play in your life. It has a large role to play in your life and in what you do. And it affects the outcome of a particular situation. You can go into something with a strong mindset and it's hard, it's difficult, but you overcome. Look at how in the Battle of Badr, we had a thousand on the other side. And on this side, you had a third of that number, 314 uh, roughly. So even though the task looked very large to a person who was looking at it from the other side, you know, from the outside, to these people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them seem, you know, a small group of people, etc. And the companions actually say that, you know, we only found out that there was a thousand from amongst them when we captured one of them. And we asked them that, how many people are you? And they said, we are a thousand. Imagine they had they known this from the beginning, they would have become weak. They wouldn't have been able to do it. They, they would have had the wrong mindset going into something. So I think even when something, you see it as a difficult task or something hard, go in with the right mindset and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open your doors. Um, just today I was seeing a video where a person who was blindfolded and he, you know, he began to do these hoops on a basketball. And as he was doing them, he was getting them one by one, one by one. Uh, and the minute that they took off the blindfold, he couldn't get it. He couldn't see. He couldn't do it any longer. So the point is, sometimes when you can't see the greatness of the task in front of you, then it's easier for you to do it. So I think we can take a lesson from that. Now you mentioned such an important point. And, you know, if you look at those verses, there's a whole formula to success there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins by saying, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, all you who believe, إِذَا لَقِيتُمْ فِئَةً إِذَا لَقِيتُمْ فِئَةً فَثْبُتُوا If you meet a group like this, the first thing you do is, you know what, stay steadfast, stay strong, فَثْبُتُوا Second thing, وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Make dhikr, remember Allah, be in the remembrance of Allah. وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Obey Allah and His Messenger. وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا Then don't start fighting, bickering, and you know, causing problems amongst one another. There's a formula for success that has been mentioned in this. Yes, the verses are speaking about war, but we could implement this in our day-to-day -day lives. These are extremely important points, especially when you want to reach somewhere. And as you mentioned, mindset, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he told them that if he had to show you their real number, you, you would have, you know what, you would have gone back, you would have thought that maybe this is not for us. So it's extremely important what you mentioned.
you, you know, uh, adding on to that is later on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيُقَلِّلُكُمْ فِي أَعْيُنِهِمْ And he makes you smaller in their eyes as well. So they actually, uh, the Muslimin seemed very few to them as well. So now, what's the difference between the two? One, on the one side you have Iman and on the other side you have disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the way I see it is that when these people saw the Muslimin as being few, then that made them overconfident in their own capacity and capability. And they felt like, yeah, we can do this because we're more powerful. Yet, on the other side, when the Muslimin saw them as few, they, it strengthened their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they became stronger in, and firmer in their faith uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which ultimately pushed them through. You know, exactly as you mentioned, is mentioned in the, in the verse when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they came out. Uh, he says, uh, These people from Quraysh, they came out haughty and arrogant. Some say they were drinking the night before because they thought that, you know, this is going to be plain sailing. We're going to win hands down. So it's extremely important. Shekhana, is there anything else you'd like to add before we move on to the next story? No, I think let's move on, inshallah. Allah Jalla wa'ala then begins with Surah At-Tawbah in the 10th Juz. We find that one of the stories he mentions or he touches on is uh, known as uh, Hunayn or the Battle of Hunayn. Hunayn is a place between Makkah and Ta'if. The Muslims, this was one of the only battles where they had quite large numbers compared to their previous battles. And some of them felt overconfident again because of the numbers. And they thought that, you know, we would be victorious. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةِ وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنٍ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ And on the day of Hunayn, that day, you thought that because of your numbers, you know, it made you a bit too confident. إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا That didn't benefit you in any way, your numbers. وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ and no matter how vast and wide the earth seems and everything, it became so narrow for you. For me, my point that I take from this is this little verse here. You find that sometimes even in the, in the world we live in today, people have everything. You find people who are multi-millionaires and billionaires, but they live, you know, a sad life. They live a life where they got no inner peace. And this is one of the meanings of But no matter how wide and vast the earth seems, you are still narrow in your heart. You know, you're living a very, you know, sad and depressed life. And one of the reasons for this, and one of the main reasons for this, is when somebody forgets, you know, he's not humble, he thinks he is everything, you have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, that's a valid, valid point. You know, some people have everything, but unfortunately, they don't have the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that ultimately is what they're lacking. So despite everything, they, they still end up, uh, you know, they, they, they end up without joy in their lives. So unfortunately, you know, the, the dunya will never fill our hearts. And I think that's something that people can really uh, benefit from. You know, we, we try to fill our hearts with the dunya, with different, different items, and it just doesn't ever end. Um, I, I want to focus on the same aspect that, or the same you know, uh, part of the verse that you've chosen, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ And the earth became narrow despite it being very vast. Now, these people were seeing that which was going on around them. They saw that there were people, it is said that they were ambushed in the valley and the people, the enemy came in and were attacking them. So it was very a very harsh environment around them. Probably blood, blood was being spilled, etc. It was difficult for them to uh, see. So a lot of them turned back and ran away or some of them turned back and ran away. And there were few who remained with Rasulullah Now, had they thought about the larger picture of things, not only their little situation that they were in, perhaps they would have remained. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Yet it was very vast. Look at the larger uh, picture of things. Perhaps if you were to die in that, then it was good for you. And if you were to live, then it was good for you. So uh, don't run away from the situation. You won't be able to get away from uh, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately. So I think when we're in, in a certain problem, sometimes we see it as the projection of our entire life, that this is how my entire life is going. But in reality, it's only that particular situation. You don't really need to make that your outlook on life and your mindset with regards to life. No, that, that's a time in your life. It will pass and better times will come. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all the ability to be patient and look at the bigger picture. Shaykhana, moving on, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions another battle, and that was Ghazwa Tabuk, the battle of Tabuk. And in, that, in, that, uh, in those verses, he also speaks about the hijrah. He touches on the hijrah a little bit, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left Mecca, and with him was Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, and they came to Medina. So basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reprimanding those who didn't go out with the messenger. Then he says that, If you don't want to you know, stand with the messenger, Allah has given him victory. Allah has helped him on many occasions. One of them being the hijrah. Basically they went and as we all know that they stayed in a cave for a little while. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The point I want to touch on is not, not actually related to a verse, but it's related to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. The best person to have walked the face of the earth after the messengers, alayhimu salatu was salam. It's extremely important for us to read his biography, to know who he was. You know, the best friend of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's extremely, extremely important. A lot of people don't know his seerah. A lot of people don't know his biography. A lot of people don't know the good deeds he did and his, you know, certain uh, positions or where he stood with the messenger and everybody else had left the messenger at the time. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Another point, a very interesting point that uh, I read once was, and, it, and it's actually a very amazing istimbat and istidlal to show how somebody was able to derive a benefit from the Quran. In the verse where we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatiha that we read every day, we say, al-mustaqim, guide us to the straight path or the right path. What is the right path? Sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim, the path of those who you have, you know, bestowed your favor upon, O oh Allah. Who are they? He mentions them in another verse. 
ومن يطع الله والرسول فاولئك مع الذين انعم الله عليهم من النبيين والصديقين those who Allah has favored the the anbiya the messengers the siddiqin the shuhada the martyrs and the salihin the pious people this scholar says that from this verse we are able to take that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu his reign his khilafa was correct and right because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering us to follow number one the messengers number two the siddiqin who was the siddiq of this ummah the first siddiq is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and i found that extremely amazing whoever wants to read more on it maybe if you go to tafsir adwa al bayan you will find it wow that that is mind blowing actually subhanallah because he is siddiq and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ulaika ma'al ladina an'ama allah alayhim min an-nabiyyin wa as-siddiqin i i never ever really thought of it from that angle uh, it never ever came to mind so this is subhanallah something really uh, amazing that we can all benefit from uh, i think especially with regards to the khilafah of abu bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu anhu etc um what i find amazing is that they are in a situation where they're about to get ca- captured you know uh, abu bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu anhu says that if one of them was to look at their feet they would have seen us right and in this situation rasulullah sallallahu is calm is collected and he tells him la tahzan don't grieve don't be sad don't fear inna allah ma'ana indeed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us so the fact that he kept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with him, remembering him, uh, meant that he became calm. It didn't scare him that the whole world was, or, you know, for, for them at that time, uh, was about to ca- capture them. You know, these people that were very powerful were about to get hold of them. It didn't matter. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. And this is what the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does for us in our lives. When we remember him constantly it calms us down you are anxious about something you're depressed you're worried you're uh, wondering what's going to happen in the future know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you remember him ask him and you'll find this peace that will overcome you and just yesterday i was seeing uh, there was a sister talking about her, her account of how she had to leave her family and she had to go away and you know she accepted islam because and they they literally turned her away and threw her out of the home and she says wallahi in my sajda i find peace with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imagine her father excommunicated her her, uh, her her mother didn't want to know her she was disowned from the family she started receiving text messages saying don't talk to us ever again yet she's happy that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with her she was happy that she had accepted islam and this is the role that the dhikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should play in our lives as well so in this manner we'll be able to succeed you know uh, so to speak you know you mentioned the dhikr and remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you also mentioned sajda for those you know we should actually try and it's from the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam where he would ask allah in his sujood prolong your ruku' prolong your sujood you will find you know tranquility where you will never find in your life just try it and you will find it also relating to the previous point we touched on how when people thought that they had everything baqat alayhim al ardu bima rahubat the whole earth no matter how vast or wide it seemed 
it became narrow for them. And as for these two, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Radiallahu Anhu, the whole world is after them. And Allah says, فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, uh, you know, he, he sent them with, down with peace and tranquility, calmness. They were calm. So the dhikr, remembrance of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is extremely important. Moving on, Shaykhana, we find in the very same verses, or the, uh, the story is mentioned, but the, the biggest story that's being spoken about here is Ghazwat uh, Tabuk, the Battle of Tabuk. A quick overview, Tabuk was during a time where it was very hot and it was also far. So there were people who were unable to go or who didn't go out with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. These people, some of them, you know, they were truthful, good Muslims. However, you know, maybe it was laziness, shaitan at the same time. They weren't able to go or they didn't go. But in their hearts, they still believed. They thought they would reach, they would reach, they didn't end up going. And then there were those who were, you know, hypocrites, who didn't want to be with the messenger, who only wanted to see uh, his downfall, and they also didn't go. For me, what stood out is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, after reprimanding the messenger about certain things, and he mentions a bit of the story, he says, لَوْ خَرَجُوا فِيكُمْ مَا زَادُوكُمْ إِلَّا خَبَالًا If these people, these hypocrites, had to come out with you, the only thing that they would have brought to your camp and your party would be problems and mischief and disunity. And they would have basically caused a fitna in your camp. A lesson I take from this is sometimes, especially when it comes to not only teamwork, when you want to do something and you feel that, you know what, I need to have this person by my side, this person on my team. Maybe they don't want to be with you and you carry on begging and pleading and putting yourself down and, you know, come, 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 come. And they don't want to. Well, who knows? Allah knows. Maybe if they came, your whole, your whole project and your whole vision would be, you know, it would, they would have brought, uh, I could say, a loss to whatever you wanted to try and achieve. So we shouldn't go, you know, we shouldn't attach success to people to say that I have to have this person or I have to speak to this person or I have to know this person. No, whatever is easy, take it. And whoever has been prevented from coming to you, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept it and move on. You don't know if they came, it could have been worse. Yes, so true, so true. Sometimes we become more attached to the person than the mission. So that, that person becomes more important to us than the actual mission and accomplishing, uh, accomplishing it. Uh, yet uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed them for, uh, for a reason. Uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَا مَتَعُوا الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ So the merchandise of this dunya is nothing in comparison to the akhirah except for a little, meaning it means Literally nothing uh, in comparison to the Akhirah. What I find amazing is that we've made the objective of our, our life in this world, the life of this world. So everything that we do is about this dunya. How can I live better? How can I survive better? How can I eat better? How can I make my stay more comfortable in this dunya? And what always stands out for me is uh, the saying of the people of the past. and one of the, the, the people of the past was asked that, الموت, why is it that we despise death? And he says, That you've built this dunya and you've destroyed the akhirah. So you don't want to move from that which is 
built to that which is destroyed. So for us, we need to really understand that a little bit of sacrifice in this dunya of some comfort, some pleasure, some luxury at times, in fact, not at times, but always is better than to sacrifice the akhirah in exchange for this dunya. Because ultimately, it's very little. It doesn't mean anything. You know that you're only living 60, 70, 100 years in this dunya. Maximum. How long are you going to live? You know that the akhirah is forever. Why are you disregarding that? We're not saying don't live in the dunya. Yes, live, enjoy, build as much as you can, but build the akhirah also. Remember the balance that Rasulullah had in his dua where he said, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. Goodness in this world, goodness in the akhirah. And save us from the punishment of the fire. So I think generally that's that's a reminder that's very general, but uh, I think it's something that we, we really need to make the focus of our life and our existence in this dunya, uh, which is to build our akhirah ultimately. You know, and it's exactly as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in that verse, ما لكم إذا قيل لكم انفروا في سبيل الله ثاقلتم إلى الأرض أرضيتم بالحياة الدنيا من الآخرة Have you become happy? Have you know? Have you become content? You comfortable with the life of this world, forgetting the آخرة, reprimanding those who didn't go out with the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم at the time, and this was a reminder for them as well as all of us that sometimes we get a bit too comfortable and we forget our priorities, we forget the آخرة. And sometimes, you know, especially when life is going, you know, well, you've got no real problems in life, we tend to forget. And then when something happens, we remember Allah. So we should try and remember Allah at all times, in times of ease and in times of difficulty, not forgetting the Akhirah. I mean, I mean, Alhamdulillah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Alhamdulillah, good. Wallahi, I think uh, we've had a good session. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And with that, we come to the first third, or we've come to an end of the first third of the Quran. Inshallah, we'll start from the 11th juz tomorrow. Bi'ithnillah. Bi'ithnillah, bi'ithnillah. Okay, until then, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.